Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. We got a great uh, uh, part two for you. Jordan Schultz, of course, who um, he is a media magnet. He is, uh, well, I mean, he was a D3 hooper who turned basketball analyst, and now he's breaking football stories. I want to talk to him about the difference in the two. You know, we're we're getting close here with with colleges back reporting and having their first practice. I, I think, and, and I tweeted about this, but it's interesting. I, I talk to coaches all the time, and I know a lot of you guys are listening, and, uh, you know, this is not a trade secret, but I've been asked by several, I think, high-profile coaches. I hate... You got any ideas for how we get students here? And, you know, you get idiots on social media like, you know, there's all these all these tickets and, you know, it's not that like, look, we're talking student section, sometimes 500 to 1,000, maybe 1,500 students, which doesn't seem like a huge number for the, the gigantic schools, but it, it is. And it's hard to get kids in the building. And as we we kind of professionalize college athletics. And, I, you know, you guys know where I stand on it. I think there are so many pitfalls to it. I think in many ways you're ruining the college experience for young young student athletes, right? And But another part that's ruining, the, I think, the college experience is so many of the classes being online. And now, look, we, we had, I mean, do you guys remember correspondence classes where you do it just on paper? You don't have to show up. Like I'm, I'm old enough to have done that. My last class, my senior year, which dragged on four years. Right. So I'm actually a 2004 graduate of Oklahoma State, not 2000. Guys, that's a real story. Uh, I'm, I, listen, Lee Manzer, I respect him. He didn't just give me a grade. I had to do all the work and I had to do it well. And even then, I think I got a B. I think I got a B. Anyway, if you want kids to show up to games, they got to feel like they know and the kid, the, the players have to be kind of tangible. They can't just be guys that wear, uh, uh, Michigan uniform or a, uh, Oklahoma state or Oklahoma uniform or a Florida uniform. They got it. Like one of the things that I felt like added to my college experience is like, if you play good, you go to class the next day and people, you get the attaboys, you play bad, you get the stink guy, but at least they care, right? How many guys go to a college because yeah, now some go to from NIL, but mostly like schools are where they are because people care. But you care a lot more about people you know. Anyway, here, here's the, I believe one of the big things that hurts student attendance at college basketball games is the fact that 
many, a very high percentage of college basketball players barely, if ever, step foot on campus. And that's a mistake. You don't have to have every class in person and there is a conven- uh, there is a convenience to it and you can get more done they can be around you more they can get more work in change your body like all of that stuff but they also need to experience student life and if you want to promote your program your best promotion is the guys themselves and we 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 know we, we know this from covering it and i know you know this from coaching it is most of them and we sit down with they go i got great kids i got great kids i got no problems and i believe most of that is true but you saying that doesn't do nearly as much good for their popularity and for the popularity of the, of the team at the school as people getting to know him. Man, I had that dude in my, cl- my psych class. He was awesome. So cool. Like That's one of the reasons. Carl Anthony Towns is one of those guys that when he was at Kentucky, only one and done, like he was famous for like he'd have like an 8 a.m. and He'd be there the next day. They play on the road. They fly back. And he was the first one in, in class the next day. And that's why he was beloved when he was at, at Kentucky by the student body. And he's not the only one. It's just a, an example. Anyway. All right. Here's part two of my discussion with Jordan Schultz. All right. Um, I want to get to, um, I want to get to the, the, the Sonic stuff and more hoop stuff. Mm-hmm. But as you said, as you, you talked about um, in a previous pod, like, the the lane that you really want to uh, drive in right now is the NFL yeah. newsmaker lane, and like so, how, how does how does it for for me? I mean, obviously, you're not going to give away like all of your sources, but the Dallas Tyron Smith goes down. By the way, this this Tyron Smith might be back for the playoffs, dude. He's not coming back for the playoffs. Okay, he, he had, I don't he think had so. Based on, rip from based the bone. on yeah. And he broke, mm-hmm. and and it 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 caused an avulsion fracture in the knee. So you got to rehab the the hamstring and the knee same time. And he's a giant of a man, and he's in his thirties. Like he's not playing this year. Yeah, I think he's actually. Yeah, I think I think it's late thirties. Yeah, he's a yeah. great player. He's always kind of missed time. Um, what I was told from Dallas was basically, you know, despite the reports that it could be December, Doug, that that is an absolute best case scenario. And I don't think they're particularly optimistic that he will come back, even if it's for the playoffs. You know, you start to think about who could they go out and get to replace him at left tackle, Jason Peters, uh, maybe Andrew Whitworth, who recently retired. Uh, maybe they try to get Isaiah Wynn from the Pats, but um, that's a big loss for them. It's a really big loss in terms of a lot of different factors. Their passing game with Dak, their running game with Pollard and Zeke, everything they want to do really starts and ends on that left side. Yeah, and I mean, people are struggling enough on the right side, let alone a left tackle. Like, that's... Well, they drafted this, this kid Smith. out of Tulsa. Yeah, and Tyler Smith, they're really high on him, but they drafted him almost to be like a swing tackle the first two, three years, and eventually, you know, move him outside with the thought that he could play left guard, Um you know, some of the criticism, I like him. Some of the criticism that I had heard was struggles with really twitchy guys. That's why you want to put him inside where he can get more help and doesn't have to go up against those super athletic dudes on the, on the perimeter. But um, this this is going to press him into more responsibility as well. But they did invest the first round pick, pick in him. They obviously like him. Jerry Jones obviously really likes him. So we'll see. How hard is it to get in that space? For me, it was tough because... I was such a basketball guy and I thought that that was going to be my, my, my lane, if you will. And when I started to pursue the football side of it, I realized really quickly that just like the NBA agents are established, <laughs> agents are established with, with GMs, GMs are established with agents back and forth so that you see a lot of those deals happen. Uh, with people that are comfortable together. They have a working relationship. That's why certain teams trade together. It was really interesting for me to see that because I had really only experienced the NBA, which just feels smaller because there's the rosters are so much more condensed. And I think with the NFL, as I started to pursue it and really go all in on it, I realized that uh, my in was going to be through the lens of the players. Did I talk about this uh, in part one? Don't worry about it. No, you did not. 
Yeah, my 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 lane was going to be in the NFL and specifically through the lens of the player because I felt like I had a different perspective based on my upbringing when it comes to players. And I thought that if I could show show what's under the helmet as much as anything else and provide more depth and advance the story, that that would go a long way. Hmm. Um, it's interesting because I would say, I would say based upon – your stories, they look like they're from the player side, right? Like it's uh-huh. like Lamar Jackson's yeah. perfect example, right? Player side is, hey, dude, Deshaun, Deshaun got 250 guaranteed. Oh, he, Lamar or Lamar. Deshaun? But, but okay, okay. Deshaun got 250 guaranteed. He's never been a league MVP. Right. Lamar has. Lamar has no off. Kyler, too. Lamar has no off field baggage. Deshaun's torn his ACL twice, once in the pros, once in, in college, right? So, like, I understand the argument from the outs from the outside or from the player side. Be like, look, if Deshaun's worth that, I'm worth that plus one dollar, right? That's a the the difference would be one. Deshaun's been in the league longer; it's his third deal. Um, it, Lamar's younger. Yes, he, he is, and usually you got to get a deal before you get to that deal. But the bigger thing is mm-hmm. if you're going to extend Lamar for that deal plus a couple of dollars. That's yeah. this year plus five years. That's six years guaranteed to a guy who runs the football more than anybody's ever run the football in the modern history of the NFL. And I, I'm I'm sure you met Cam Newton. Cam Newton blocks out the sun. He's a big. He's a big. He's a guy. gigantic human big being. Dude. So if yeah, all of the pounding that, tall, that he touched yeah. can shorten his career. If I'm the, the I'm Baltimore Ravens, like, dude, that's not I'm not using that as my comp. That's that's a one off. That's not the, the comp is all of these other deals, and I will gladly pay you three years guaranteed. We can put some other years on it as well, and uh, go more in the short term than in the long term. One because of injury, and then two, the other part is like, hey, look, he he wasn't great last year. Now it's not all his fault. Didn't have his running backs. Ronnie Stanley's hurt, right? But on, at, so, at some point, like, he was not nearly the guy he was two years previously. And you wonder what his ceiling is. So if I'm the Ravens, um, I want to do a deal with him, and I think they want to do a deal with him. It's more than Kyler Murray. It's just not more than Deshaun Watson. So one of the – it's a great point about Cam because – He's not only pushing 6'6", but he's thick and broad, and he's just enormous. Lamar is a slight guy. One of the things that – because I've asked other scouts and executives about Lamar. One of the things they've said is, you know, he doesn't take the same beating as a lot of the other running quarterbacks because he's really good at getting down and getting out of bounds. And he's Um, so fast. He's just so elusive. He's so – yeah. Not only that, but like – He's so elusive. He's like, he's one of the, he almost, he's like a, it was like a figure skater, the way he pirouettes around the field. He's just so talented. Uh, his throwing mechanics have gotten better. This is not me talking. This is scouts that have told me. I think you're going to see a big push from Bateman this year. They drafted my guy Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. They have two big time tight ends. They drafted Linderbaum out of Iowa, the best center in the draft. Gets his running backs back, Stanley's back. He'll put up big numbers. He's actually my sleeper MVP pick. I'm all in on paying him. And a big reason why is he has no baggage. You, you never hear anything almost to, to uh, not a fault, but you're, you're, he no, doesn't, yeah. even in I, the offseason, he, he doesn't I, post I, it. Dude, I agree with you. I, I have not. Just pay him. Move on. Harbaugh loves him. You got I'm not saying him. don't pay it's him. Really, I just me, don't give him basically six years guaranteed money. That they're, they're in lies the right. That's fair. That's fair. I, but that's fair. That, I, I'm not, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, but it's interesting, like you're, you're not, you're not telling people, Hey, we're doing, I'm, I'm doing all sides, whatever. You're like, look, my, my insight is from the player's perspective or the agent perspective. I think that's a a very unique way to approach it. I think players know best, Doug. How many times have you been in a pickup run or, Hey, this guy can play and he comes in he's shit and you know it within. Okay, this is a great. This is actually a great thing. Okay, so this is what I do with my friends, and you can do this as well. Okay, which is you go to a gym, you go to an open run, and then you try to decide within the first game 
the level that every guy played at. And you can almost always <laughs> I love tell, that. Right? You can always, always tell. Yeah. You'd be like, you know how you can tell? The, 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 the most basic thing is, does he pass and screen away? Does he pass and screen away? If he does it, then he didn't. Unless he's so talented as a scorer, he probably didn't really play anymore. Mm, I don't know. I, there's just a bunch of different. It's just first the movement that you have. The yes. movement. So yes. like, also what 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 kind of shoes are you wearing? What kind of shoes are you wearing? If you're if you're not wearing basketball shoes, you, well, you didn't that, play yeah, anymore. That's quite, quite obviously right. Right, like you're playing in running shoes. Like, no, nah, bro. Come on. Yeah, I don't even. If you're playing in running shoes, oftentimes I actually won't play because I'm like. This guy doesn't know how to play. I'm going to get hurt. Well, that's that's, 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 that's the thing about the movement. When guys just move awkwardly, when they're just like, yeah, you didn't play anywhere. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I think I think what happens is some people believe uh-huh. what you're saying is they can't play that they stink. Like I'll give you a guy who, um, it would probably surprise you, which is J- like Jason McIntyre, J Mac, right? So J Mac never played in high school. Doesn't look like no. Athlete. Now he's actually in pickup ball. He's not a bad dude to have, and I'll tell you why. He's in incredible shape. And yeah, he's he can fit. really yeah. shoot. Yeah. He can really shoot. But what he does understand, like his movements are just a little different than like the fluid movements of guys that played. So, mm-hmm. so if you watch, you watch him shoot. You watch the ball go in. You're like, oh, that dude played like That's in high good. school, and I'm sure he brought like a you know, late bloomer. He, he probably played a ton of basketball, whatever. So he's not, he's like a good dude to have. Like if I went to open runs and I want a guy that can just stand and shoot and he plays hard, like he never gets tired and he's not, a, he's not trying to like win games on his own. Like great dude to have. on your team. That's a great guy. Yes. To have, absolutely. But you can tell in his movements, you're like, oh, dude, you didn't No, no. Now there'll be yeah, guys that there. there'll be like one guy that fools you. But I guarantee if you and I, next time I'm in New York, we're going to go to an open run and we're going to. Oh, I would love yeah. that. Actually, I think it's a really good, I think it's I would, a good TV show. I would love to, I would love to play with you because. You can shoot and I can Well, back. have you transformed? Yeah, I was going to say, have you become in your, in your older years more of a scorer? Yeah, I mean not? like, well, okay. So I tore my ACL last summer. So I've played pickup oh. a total of four times since being back. And yeah. um, I I, I will go through stretches where I'm like, I've passed the rest of my life. I don't want to pass anymore. I'm just, or, or, or when I was at ESPN, we used to play in West Hartford and I would, I would tell some of these dudes, we, we played at um, the school that Calhoun's been at, at St. Joe's college. Oh, that, the, the, yeah. So uh-huh. we'd play there, me and Donnie Marshall and a couple of guys would play there, but we'd have, there's a group oh, of guys Donnie that Marshall. would play. Oh, that yeah, there's a group of guys that would play with Donnie and me that were just terrible, but great guys. Right. And there's a guy named Gary and Gary was like the worst guy to have on your team because he wasn't a good player, but he thought he was like, you could not be a good player. Just do what you do best and stay out, stay out of the fucking way. Anyway, I used to tell Gary, like Gary, a missed shot by me is honestly a better shot than a made shot by you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's true. Because, so cause, true. The, cause yeah. the likelihood of mine going in is much stronger than yours. So, but no, when I'm, we're playing to win a pickup game. I'm playing to win a pickup game. If I got dudes that are better than me around, they're getting the ball. It's just a it's just a KYB thing. Know your guys. You oh, know? my college coach who I mentioned yesterday, my first one, Joe Calero, was a big fan of KYP. Know your personnel. And I I never forget my uh, freshman year. So I was redshirting, wasn't even playing. My freshman year, uh, I would always find a way to try to incorporate our best player. Um, you know, in three on two, two on one, or any situation. And one time, his backup said to me, "You know, it'd be nice if you gave me a look every once in a while." And I was like, "You know what? You're right. You're right." And so I gave him a great pass, beautiful pass. It was gorgeous, like a little on a two on one or three on two. And he, he fucking dropped. He, he dropped it. No, he dropped. He didn't even catch it because it was almost like a no look. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget Calero. KY fucking P. <laughs> know your personnel. Okay, well, we used to KYP. Know your, know, know, know your boys. And, or yeah. the best is when, like, you run down the court and a guy's like, dude, I was open. Like, I know. Yeah. I know. You're open for a reason. Open dude. for a reason. I know. You would, you would, lo- you would, you're going to love playing with me. You're going to love it. And I'm going to love playing with you. We're going to have great Jewish simpatico. 
I like it. I like it. We could get a, a good all all Jew run and then go. I have, and I, have a good, I have a good all Jew run. I'm not allowed in it half the time because I don't get off the court. So when I do play, I'm only allowed to play only I'm only allowed to play three games in a row because otherwise I'll never leave. You know who's a fun guy? So can be fun to play with, but he he definitely thinks he's the Michael Jordan of older Jewish basketball. Do you know Jamie Horowitz at all? He obviously he's, Of he's, course. Okay. I played with Jamie at this at my where I am right now, I played threes with him. He's much better in a in a three on three than a five on five. Okay, I, I mean he's just he's just a, I want to score every time I get the ball guy. I, yeah, I'm just saying in three on three, it's a little more manageable. That's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, you know he definitely he definitely does like the, he's an FGA guy. He's trying to get those he's trying to get those up. He um, thinks he thinks he's like T Mac. Where where did you where was the place where you grew up playing in Seattle? Where was like the It was the, all it was uh we used to play at St. Joe's, the Grammar School Gym, Capitol Hill. Are you familiar with Seattle? Uh some, not not to that extent. But so so Capitol Hill, right by Seattle Prep, right by O'Day, right by Garfield, which is all the powers. We play there every day, go there after school. Uh that's where my AAU uh, team played, youth education and sports, which is disbanded. Uh yes. And um that, that was our spot every night. I'm telling you, every night you'd have Jamal Crawford in there, Nate Robinson, Brandon Roy, Aaron Brooks, Spencer Haas, John Brockman, Marvin Williams, Terrence Williams. Oh, my God. It was unbelievable. It was just unbelievable. I'm forgetting names. There's so many. Rodney Stuckey was there all the time. Great player. Uh, uh, Peyton Siva. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why, why has it been so long since UW's really been good? Yeah, you know, what, if you go back to their history, at least what I grew up on, that great team in 98 goes to the Sweet 16. They lose to Rip Hamilton on the buzzer beater. You know, we busted that team's ass. By the way, we busted that team's ass. Really? Yeah, no. Oh, I remember you played them in Deion, like '97. Deion, Deion Luton was, was from Oklahoma City. He's a Texas guy. No, he's from right? Oklahoma. He's from Oklahoma. Oklahoma, got it. So okay. they brought him home, and they had Dick Al was Dick Al was Dick Al was, Dick Al was a baller. He was a at the time though he was a freshman backup or he's he, he had three transferred to Gonzaga. Yeah, and um, so they had Donald Watts. I know that Deion Donald Luton, Watts, Matt, Matt McCullough. Mount McCullough, uh, who's, there, who's there for? They Hold on. Are, huh? Who's there for? I'm going to tell there? you. I'm going to tell you. Chris Walcott, um, Deion Luton, we said. Oh, um, Chris Thompson, little little white point guard. Jan yeah, he was, a, he was a starter. Huh? Jan Wooten, little point guard. Yeah, those guys um, played too. They had maybe Thalo Green was on that team. Um, man, they were a good team. Really good team. They came to Stillwater. We kicked the fucking shit out of them. And Iva Gallagher, and they go the then the Gallagher Iva, yeah, they they yeah. That, they had they had that was one of those. It was my first. That was my first year, uh, ninety seven. Yeah, that was my first year, and we were picked like dead last in the Big Twelve, um, and we were supposedly had this like super soft schedule, right? And then the schedule ends up being Arizona really State. Tough. Arizona State was like really really good. Yeah, they were good. Don Newman yeah. was the interim coach because that was when they yeah, got they caught with the. Headache Smith stuff. Uh, with Headache Smith. Yeah. Headache Smith. And then Washington was supposed to just be okay. And they ended up going they were good. 16. And then TCU, we played them in Fort Worth. And they were like top 10 in the country. And uh, we, we we beat TCU at the uh, – I actually made a free throw to win the game. And we survived. Nice. Like five missed layups. And then uh, – You lost to ASU. No, we beat ASU. Oh, wow. The ASU story is an all-timer. This I don't know if you've ever seen this happen. So – We'd only played games in Stillwater, super soft schedule, right? ASU had just played, I think, in the preseason in IT and played pretty well. They had Bobby Lazor. They had uh, – Yeah, they were good. Definitely yeah, they had good. a – I'm trying to think what the name of the score is. It wasn't Isaac Burton. I'm trying to think. Anyway, I'll think of no. it. So um, they play us in Oklahoma City at the Myriad. And um, my two strongest memories of that game were – it was like our first time out, and we went out in Bricktown. It was my first time in Bricktown. And I don't know if you've ever been to Oklahoma City now. No, I've never been. I don't know. what Bricktown's really nice. Tons of good restaurants. You know, there's some retail, all kinds of hotels. Now it's like hopping. 1997, it was just kind of infancy. There was no Thunder, obviously. There was no Hornets yet. There was no NBA team. There was no arena there that you played in the old arena. Right, nothing. nothing. So we go to the we go to the spaghetti factory the night before the game. Oh, and, um, And my boy, Mike Johnson, who end up transferring to William and Mary four point student. And we all go tribe, huh? Go tribe. Yeah. So Mike is, he's super successful in Kansas city now doing financial stuff. So we all took out our per diem, put it on the table and we bet. What's your per diem? 20? I think it was 26. Uh huh. Okay. It was 26, but it was probably less than that. Cause we, they were feeding us dinner. Right. So they got to take out whatever dinner was. So, you know, could be 15 bucks. So we all put our per diem on the table. And we had to bet whether or not Mike, we had five secondary breaks because all we did was we ran the Kansas secondary breaks. He's a freshman, four-point student, couldn't remember secondary break. Just couldn't. So we go like, hey, all right, here's the, here's the bet. And if, you remember, if you've ever been to a, a spaghetti factory, they have the crepe paper on the table. So we give him a crayon. We're like, oh. if you can draw <laughs> all five secondary breaks, you get all that money. And he didn't come Couldn't do it. He didn't get any money. He Secondary money. transition is so easy. There's barely any. It's not. But it's not like, hard. Guy's a brilliant guy with numbers. Not great with his last practice a year and a half later because he transferred midway through his sophomore year. Uh, Coach Sutton, he, he forgot something. And Coach Sutton's like, Mike, you're the dumbest smart kid we've ever had. Which is true. Like just some people's. Some guys can't do it. Uh, no, and, and they're right. and they're they're not dumb people. Like that's really like. And we have people that uh, we have, uh, there's guys that I played with that they couldn't that do could school. Do anything they couldn't could. do school. They yeah. like they weren't they weren't great with money. Like maybe even their English, they they had syntax issues, whatever. Yeah. But if you put them on a basketball court, you tell them 
where to be and what to do and how to do it and read the defense, whatever, savant. You're absolutely right. And I, I always thought that was so fascinating to see how someone who was not very bright was so uh, innately intelligent from a basketball acumen standpoint, not only understanding your plays or where he's supposed to be, but understanding where the center or the point guard is going to be, everyone everything. on the floor, everything. That stuff to me was was baffling. It still is. Yeah, they understand the why. Story. They understand it's it's you know I, I say it's called teaching the now you got to teach them we teach them the why now right not what yeah. you're doing why you're doing it. it but if somebody instinctively knows the why that's it's a tremendous it's, advantage it's, it's, it's a really trem- hard it's really hard to to it's really hard to discuss or explain to someone who hasn't played basketball at a relatively high level because once you start getting to college and you start running a lot of different stuff. Even a secondary transition break, it it will look seamless to the fan, but there's a lot that's going on there. And I remember we used to run flex in high school, and that's a pretty old school. Half the guys couldn't couldn't do it, and I, I never understood it. And until you played, you really don't understand the value of just understanding the offense. Yeah. Well, the other part about flex is there's like a there's a level to it where you just run it. And you can get a little bit out of it, but if you really, really know oh, it, it's, teach it's it, tough. and you can do the push cuts, yeah. and I mean, you yeah. can get all kinds of all, you can get all like, kinds. You can get you can get fifteen, twenty free points a game on, yes. especially in high school. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so let's let's talk Brandon Roy. When did he initially hurt his knee? When did he first hurt? So, the misconception with Brandon is that he had all these knee problems, or he had a specific knee surgery. It was degenerative knees. So he got, I think, I think he did tear his ACL his sophomore, junior high school, but he came back really quick and he had a, he had a really good recovery and he was fine. And I remember he was trying to qualify academically for UW and we'd be in the gym every day together. And, and before he would play, he would spend an hour or two studying. And I remember asking him um, at one point, you know, how how you feeling? Like, how's your knees? And and him saying, you know, it's not it's not when I play now. It's if I play really hard for four or five days in a row, and then and then I need to come play. It's like that fifth or sixth day that's really hard for me. And as he got older, Doug, then you started to see that become condensed. Uh, maybe not so much in college, but by his like. Early on in his NBA career, you know, he was all NBA. He was like a Dwayne Wade kind of player. By the time he was like 23, 24, 25, that's when you started to see those really bad degenerative knees really come to uh, really become a problem. And what happened would be he'd be playing, they played back to back, and then they travel. And that like next day, he was in a tremendous amount of pain, couldn't play. And so with the NBA schedule and practices, they were, they, they tried, Portland tried to, to keep him fresh, not practice um, every possible treatment. But it, as he got older, it got worse. And I remember him telling me a few years ago, even, I think it was in Seattle, you know, me saying, would you ever try to come back? Because he was still in great shape. And he said, I, I would, because he would play in the programs and he'd kill. He said, I would, but I just can't because I cannot play sustained amounts of basketball without having tremendous pain the next day or two. Um, that league obviously has been in the news, right? Uh, Jamal Crawford crossover. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, one, because, you know, previously it'd been the highlight factory for him and other guys to come in and, you know, drop 50, drop 60, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then you get LeBron there and Chet there, and then they have to stop the game because of the court and breaks his foot. Mm Um, I don't know. Like, I, look, I think you can break your foot anywhere. You can break your foot mm-hmm. and work out. The idea that a basketball player is not going to play basketball in the offseason, the only difference is. And even the idea uh, that, that well, it's the court, like, is that a high school or a or junior college? So that's SBU's core. I've been playing there since I'm 12 years old, and I played there in college as well. What's SBU? It's, it's SBU, Seattle Pacific University, okay. the Falcons, yeah. really good. So it's a college really strong. Court. Yeah, it's a college court. It's a 
really fun, intimate arena. I think it seats max 3,000. It's, um, it's a glorified high school gym. It's a nice gym. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. He didn't um, break his foot because the court, like, what are we No, he, if you watch it, it's because he's going full speed backward or LeBron's going full speed and he's he's on his back foot with probably not great balance and LeBron steps on it and he has all that movement and weight that goes one one way and his foot goes the other lebron broke i don't think i mean they stopped the game in the second quarter Th that court that court is so old doug I, i'm telling you it has dead spots they've always had an issue with um you know obviously it rains so much in seattle they've always had an issue with the pipes and how sometimes the floor would get wet i remember in college it got wet and we had to stop the game or was or it raining it for a little bit was it raining it, if it's raining outside no but was it raining that night yeah oh yeah yeah it wouldn't oh in seattle uh I'm sure. I mean, it's always raining in Seattle. Maybe in the summer it wasn't. I, I don't even think it was actually. Now that you say that, it was just because it was um, hot. There was condensation. It was like just hot. Yeah, maybe place. it's 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 inexcusable. Not only because it's a college court, but because you have, I mean, Jason Tatum and Chad and LeBron. All these guys are there. For it not to be in perfect condition is embarrassing. Right. So what? So what happens? Do those guys are those guys allowed to play in that league moving forward? I don't think you could ever tell a guy. You cannot play basketball. You can't play in a league. I mean, look at the uh, Drew League is another one. Guys have gotten hurt there. But the crossover, the, the unfortunate part is it's had, it had so much momentum. And they've really built it up over the last, like, seven years. And Jamal being the godfather of Seattle basketball, I, I guess what they could potentially do is move it over to UW or, uh, or Seattle U at Conley Center, which is a similar arena. But I don't. I don't think they would ever tell, hey, tell a guy, hey, you cannot play in a pro am. I think that's crazy. I think that's insane. But it's probably can you imagine? Can you imagine that? That would never happen. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Jordan famously had that love of the game clause, right? Because he liked to play. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like yeah. I understand saying you can't go skiing, but I to say you can't play in a pro am seems really far fetched to me. Did you go skiing as a kid? Yeah, yeah, since I'm four. Yeah, I grew up on a mountain. That's interesting because I had never skied Great. at all. And then, like, I was at ESPN, and uh, yeah, I learned how to ski at a very a much much older age because Hoopers don't don't Hoopers don't ski, Jordan. I don't know if you know this. Hoopers oh, I don't know. I know. Tough on the knees. Seattle Hoopers, we're we're a different breed. The Dude, you're the only Seattle Hooper that that skis. Name me another. Name another. Name me another. Brockman snowboards. Brockman snowboards. Brockman does? What is Brockman yeah, doing? I don't know. I haven't talked to Johnny in a while. Um, did, he play in the, did he play in the NBA? Yeah, of course. Of course. He was good. He had a moment. He had a, he moment. Had a moment. He, he was so have... freaking athletic, dude. He was like 6'7", 265. Should have, been was... a, should, should have been a Hall of Fame tight end. He would have been a great tight end. He probably had a 40, 40 inch, 42 inch vert. He was a great player. I love, yeah, I love so much. Or nowadays, he would have been a small ball five. He'd be a really good small ball five. 100%. Yeah. His brother played at SBU. John obviously went to UW. He was a McDonald's. Uh, Stohomish. I, I would say there's no other Seattle Hoopers that really ski, but, you know, I was. Our, our school in Seattle, it's second nature. Our school had a ski bus on Friday nights. So I've been going to the map. I've been skiing since I'm four years old. It's, it's, it's something that I definitely love. Okay. Um, what's it going to take to bring the Sonics back? Yeah, I've never been asked that before, Doug. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky. <laughs> I think so. the biggest issue that they have now is still the biggest issue we had, which is there's not an, there's not an NBA arena. Key Arena is now Climate Pledge, which is a beautiful arena, but it's strictly hockey. That's where the Kraken are. The best way to get a team back is to have is to build an arena on the east side, which will be which will be cheaper. Um, for those who are not familiar, basically 20, 25 minutes from from downtown. Still really convenient for a lot of people. Um, now, now the and the the arena is now I mean, outside of key. The stadiums are on like the south side, right? They're or they're yeah, they're, they're, they're downtown. Both basically, what's called Soto south of they should say south of. Um, South of downtown, uh, so or south of the dome, King and, there's, dome. and so, there's no there's no space there now because that used to be like all no zero shipping. yeah yeah the old Safeco whatever you want to call it Lumen Field they're they're almost right next to each other there's no space there Key Arena is uh, right by Queen Anne which is five minutes away there's no space there 
Um, so the, really the only spot to put it would be in Bellevue or Kirkland or Renton, which is where the in Seahawks the burbs, facility in the burbs. is. Yeah. Yeah. There's much more space there. It's cheaper. And and that's where you could see a Scott Hansen or one of these local uh, guys say, I'm going to personally fund this, or I'm going to put a group together. Um, I, I think the bigger question, Doug, I would throw back to you is, does the league expand? Yes. Or does it potentially move a team like Memphis or a bad market or, or what, what, what the league would consider a not a good market? I think they expand. I think they yeah. expand to Vegas and to Vegas and Seattle. Are the two Vegas and Seattle. Yeah. 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 I would love to see Vancouver get another team. I, I would too. It was just it's it a great was city. The wrong time for the league. 100%. And it wasn't the right time for Vancouver. And I don't think they had a real good feel for how they were doing what they were doing, you know? Yeah. And then you also, you had, I mean, I, the Steve Francis thing, not, I don't want to play there. Just hurt him, you know? I and I think now you have, now you have guys that live there be like, this is amazing. I don't think this is crazy, but I think I just to double down. I think Vancouver is absolutely right for a team. It was way too early. You're absolutely right as well. In terms of guys wanting to live there. It is a world-class city. It's almost like Seattle on steroids. It's a real international metropolis. Um, it's like, I'd love it's to like see you, if you combine team. Seattle and Toronto. That's what you Yeah, get. yeah. That's what you get. And Toronto got lucky because they had Vince. That really, you know, developed that market. But I think Seattle and Vegas ultimately will both get teams. And you'll see the NBA expand. Your dad doesn't want any part of getting back in? No, it's that's like, that would, ne- that would never happen. Never. I, 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 think, I think the chances of that are happening are, are better than the chance, are worse than the chances of, but but think about it. If he could, if he could bring the Sonics back, right? Think about the story. It's almost like a movie. I, trust me, I've asked him that. We've had that conversation. Um, but no, I don't see it. I mean, he just—it's not only that he wouldn't want to do it because he doesn't want to be involved in a, in a professional league, let alone the NBA. But I just think the time and resources it would take at this point in his life, having gone back to Starbucks, he just turned sixty-nine. It's just too much, you know. I think he, I don't think he'd ever do it. But we, there's so many stories that I haven't told about that time. Uh, I'll give you one. And give I think you like this. One. Uh, I have two, but I'll tell you one because I've told the other one. Ray Allen broke my nose playing basketball. That's one on purpose. But- yeah. No, it was accident. Uh, but the one that I'll tell you is, I don't think I've ever told this story. Um, Dennis Rodman. I think this was probably 2001, 2002. Uh, Dennis Rodman wanted to come back or was entertaining a comeback. I don't know what year he officially retired, but probably 2000, maybe because he played after the Bulls. He played somewhere, right? He played with the Spurs, the Lakers, right? No, he played with the Lakers, Lakers after the Bulls, Lakers, right? Right, right. So I'll never forget we're here, we're in New York, and uh, my dad says, uh, Dennis Rodman's coming over today, and I was like, what? What do you mean? He goes, yeah, he wants to he wants to play again, and he likes Seattle. I guess he wants to maybe play for the Sonics. And I was like, oh my god, you get a sight Dennis Rodman. This is amazing. Comes over, and uh, god, this is this is so fucking crazy. I'm sorry, it's just ridiculous looking back on it. He comes over, and he's still in great shape. looks Looks 25 years old. Um, no body fat. Looks like he's been working out with his agent. And we have lunch. I remember we're sitting downstairs, we're eating fruit and lunch, and very nice guy. Uh, was 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 really nice to me as, as a fourteen year old kid. And uh, we, we're talking, and my dad says, "All right, Jordan, like you got you got to leave. Like this was my cue. Like, you want to talk business?" So I said, "Okay." And about twenty minutes later, I see them walking around the house outside. So I go outside to listen because I know where they are, and I could probably hear what they're talking about. No success, but nonetheless, I'm in the vicinity. And about an hour goes by, Dennis leaves. It was kind of unceremonious how he left. And I said to my dad, I was like, what What happened? He goes, well, the long and the short of it is he wants to come back. And he wants to play in Seattle. Oh, great. You're going to sign him? Unbelievable. No. And I was like, what is the money? No, it's, it's actually not the money. It's, I was like, what is it? He goes, well, Dennis asked us if he could come play for a year. 
but he doesn't really want to play 82 games. And I was like, oh, that's fine. Play 70 games, play 65 games. Yeah, that's that's the part. He 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 only wants to play about 10 to 12 games and he wants to come back for the playoffs. And I was like, oh, what? What do you mean? He's hurt? No, he wants he got he gotta go to Vegas and blow off Steve. <laughs> he'll 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 come to camp and he'll he'll play the first month or two and then he'll leave for like three months and then he'll come back for the playoff stretch and he'll be ready to go by the playoffs. Done. There's, I, I was like, who cares, you know? But my dad was like, that'll never never fly. Basically, the guy was going to play 20 games yeah, and, and be ready for the playoffs. But that was the end of the Dennis Rodman comeback to Seattle story. Here's my, here's my Rodman story. So I used to do hot yoga at a place down the street called Vibes Hot Yoga. I and like it, it became like the spot for all of our – so Scotty Brooks I've known for basically my entire life. So Scotty lives near me. In the office. Good player, right? Really good player. Scotty? Yeah. He was an amazing college player. And then his ability to, to stick, well, his ability to stick, he averaged 24 a game. And no, I know. Youth, when he was Big a youth year run, like they had dudes too, like Wayne Engelstad, Todd yeah. Murphy. They had, yeah. they had pros. Uh, they could never beat Vegas to get to the tournament. That was a problem. Yeah. Um, and they shot threes before it was cool to shoot threes. So, I love it. so Scotty's the best, man. I mean, he used to kick my ass every summer and, and pick up talk shit to me. And now he's just like, he's, he's awesome. So Scotty would be may Sometimes he'd bring an older guy. And then, uh, there's a buddy of mine named Dylan Rigdon who played at UCI in Arizona. He's a little bit older. Um, he played at modern day and then Miles Simon when he started working oh. at the Lakers. So we'd all do this yoga, this hot vibes, hot yoga. And it was a, it, it ended up becoming like, you start to see a different side of the story, but I'll tell you the story real quick. So we all do like, I don't know, 7 a.m. yoga, something. So there's like, you know, probably four or five of us hoopers. And you'd have Landry Fields would come down. He'd do it with us as well. Or some of the guys, Kyle Fogg. Miles was Kyle mm-hmm. Fogg's oh, workout guy. Player. He blew up. So Miles is already always bringing like one of his hoopers, one of his buddies, me and Dylan and sometimes Scotty. So we get done doing yoga. We're sitting outside talking. And then we leave. And then like later on in the day, I get a text like, dude, you hear what went down with vibes? I was like, no. They're like, Dennis Robin came in with two women and they got caught like shoplifting something from, oh, from, from the, store. the store part <laughs> to it. Right. Oh. Now, I don't think anything came of it because I, I think what happened. So vibes closed down and apparently closed down because the guy who did it was like not paying his rent. And that, that's like, okay, so they got off. Because. Right, so he was like, "Well, no, no, no." So they were like, "He was like not paying the rent." Like the classes were dope, the setup was dope, and they and you know you buy like a class pass, whatever. Of course, yeah. But great. they weren't paying any of their bills, and then wow. you know you just close up shop and you go to go to somewhere else. So again, a guess is that I don't know if he owed Dennis money or or what happened. Oh God! But I I know nothing here. But that was like my only like you know Dennis Rodman lives near you. Yeah, like do you hear he he? Yeah, dude, I heard he shoplifted that. And like a, uh, a hot yoga uh, doesn't make any sense. And it was uh, like a Buddha statue or something. Right, but, right. Uh, it was something that it felt, it felt like they were taking it as, as, as collateral. That's what it, that's what it really, that's unbelievable. That's, that's what it, it felt. Uh, uh, rest in peace vibes. Sounds like a great rest play. in peace vibes. Yeah. No, we vibes is vibes is, is absolutely no more. Winning is an everyday mindset and we're here to help I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, okay, uh, last thing. Last yep. thing. Jordan or LeBron? Jordan, I, it's not even, not even close for me. Not even close. Not even close. No, I just. I'm, I'm not. I'm I, grew not up I didn't say I'm LeBron. arguing with you. I didn't say I'm arguing with you. But when you say not close, why is not close? It, because I, I grew up on, on Jordan. And I, I, I've, I've never seen to this day with respect to LeBron and Kobe and anyone else you want to throw in that conversation. I've never seen anyone have the combination of skill, power, athleticism, and grace and competitiveness that Michael had. Kobe was the closest thing to it, but Michael, it was just unbelievable to watch him. Literally. I don't, I'm not saying it's not with the other guys, but there was a certain panache that, that Mike had that nobody else has to go six and zero in the finals to retire in the peak of his, to re- <coughs> sorry, to retire at the peak of his powers and then come back. We're in the 45, they lose to the Magic and Horace, and then he says, fuck you, he's in the day the next day with Grover, and they win three more titles in a row. I remember that, 90, that 98 series, uh, 96 series against the Sonics very well. That was Seattle's best team. That, that series went to six. And that was Gary and Kemp and Detlef, Percy Hawkins, a great team. Um, I remember thinking as a young guy, as I was 10, Michael Jordan is, I asked my dad something like, does Michael Jordan have a certain power over other players? I, I couldn't even understand it because I remember thinking this, this Sonic team is unbeatable. And then watching what Michael did to Gary Payton, who was the best defender I'd ever seen. Remember when he said in the last dance, I had no problem with the gloves. He, he, he killed him. So to me, Michael Jordan is the best ever. I, I, I agree. I mean, I think I understand. I think part of it is we, a lot of the younger guys you get, they haven't seen it. They didn't yeah. see it. They didn't experience it. They didn't know it, you know, and they say silly stuff. And he's a different player. Like, this is not to take away from LeBron. Totally different. LeBron, LeBron's like the a point much more athletic Magic Johnson, you know. Yeah. And the rules are different, you know. So LeBron's able to be downhill more, more shoots more threes. Um, I think if you put Jordan in this era, he'd be a 44, 45% three-point shooter, and he'd average 37, 38 points a game. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Remember, there's no power forwards and sometimes no centers. Nobody at the rim. You know. Oh my God! Think about think about the the clear path stuff at the rim. The way the court you can't, spread, you can't, no can't hand check guy. Like you can't, can't hand Jordan. check. If you go back and watch, go back and watch like the '93 finals against uh, Phoenix with Kevin Johnson and who was fucking awesome. Jordan just destroys him. Marley. These, these guys were great players. 
you have to match up against your era and what he did against the best players in his era was unbelievable. I, I don't know if LeBron, what would it take for, for LeBron to, for you to think LeBron was better if he won like three more titles? It's just, I, I, it's like, I've seen enough. Like, I think he's awesome, but I, I, I think he's awesome. But I think, um, I don't know. I, I don't hold, I don't even hold Dallas against him. I like the Dallas thing. There's a lot more that went into them losing than just LeBron choked, right? which is what people want. Like, I do think eventually he was, he was kind of like KD when, when they were up three games to one on golden state, where in game six, Clay's lighting him up and KD forced it. Right. Like I do think late in that series, but you know, like not discussed is Jason Williams was a starting point guard for the Miami heat games one through five. He didn't oh. take off his sweats in game six because he was so, he was so bad, right? You're playing four on five. Um, Who was else the, was the point guard? Like Norris Cole? Uh, no, it was before Norris Cole, I think. Mario Chalmers? No, I, I think it was before Mario came in. Uh, but remember, they okay, also, so their good. center was the kid from, from UNLV that year. Uh, John oh, he was terrible. Yeah, he right, was terrible. so he didn't, have a good, he didn't have a good team. And no, they, they, Dirk, yeah. was, Dirk was amazing. Dirk yeah, was, Dirk was, yeah, that was and, classic. But, but they did. They talked shit to Dirk, you know, after game yeah. one. And made fun the whole of uh, cough thing. Yeah, that yes. was bad. Yeah. Um, the bigger question know, like, is who's Jordan the best? Jordan was just one of those, like, call his shots and did it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Le- LeBron, I feel like LeBron, I think he did the Seattle thing, for example, because I just think he likes to be liked. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think Jordan and Kobe ever gave a shit about anybody liking him. No. Yeah, I think the bigger question is, Either who's two, is it Kobe or LeBron or someone else? And also, who's the best center ever? Because you could say Kareem, Will, to Shaq. The problem with that is, like, again, the game has changed so much. You know? Yeah, I'd probably say Kareem, but I know what you mean. Russell, I mean, whoever. Hakeem. Hard, it's, hard to, it's also hard when we didn't see guys play. Like, I yeah. don't love talking about a guy that I didn't see play live. You know, because my, my thing with Chamberlain is my dad was like, he was a dog. Choked in the he was a choker. You know, yeah. Bill Russell was in his head. He was a, he wasn't a good teammate. Yeah. You know, when he won with the Lakers, he was a shell of himself. wasn't It wasn't his team, whatever. But again, that's from my late father, who I can't plug for him. No, but that's that's what people said and say about Will. Right, but now you get the people just look at the stats and well, the stats is guy averaged 30, 50 points a game and thirty rebounds. Crazy, crazy. You know? All right, you got to go break NFL stories. This is awesome. And I appreciate it. We're going to do some Jew hoops upcoming in I New York. I love that. It, can I ask you this? Who yes. is 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 it safe to say that Wilt is the? He's got a. He was like the first NBA unicorn, though, probably right. Yeah. No question. Because nobody else was that big or athletic or coordinated. Not even close. No. You no. Know? I mean, he was a complete freak of nature. Complete yeah, yeah. freak of nature. But but like um, so many right. freaks of nature, those guys often don't de- develop skill because they don't have to because they still can be really really effective. Right. And then you get it to the just, top. I mean, it's what happens with a lot of, a lot of high school prospects that are great is they sure. don't develop ever, all the other little things. You know. Yeah, yeah. I would love to get some some Jewish hoops going. Uh, let me know when you come to New York. Uh, open invite. Uh, I'll get you. We can get like a good Jewish game and then like a little bit higher level game. I can. Well, I, I, can I like. You I, like the, I, I like being on a court where I'm like the second, the third, seventh best player, like the fifth to seventh best guy. Right. Okay. I don't want to be ten. I, I have a game every for time you. they get it, they're like, clear out. Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. Okay. I have a game for you. Though. But if, if there's a game deep. where like I'm the best player, that's not fun because I'm. You played good. in France, though, right? You played French. Who? You. Yeah, I played in in Russia, Israel. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, you're you're ready to go. <laughs> that was twenty years ago, dude. You're, you're, you're ago, in great shape. You're and ready. I'm in good shape. I got to get in great shape. I got to get. What do you What are you weighing? What are you weighing? Oof, tough question. I'm at like 195, 196. Uh, I play, also, I play six, like six 186. One? So I'm you're like 6'1? Huh? Are you 6'1? No. I mean, with shoes? So six feet, 197. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm a little swole, but a little too swole in places I don't yeah. want to be swole. But I, I played like 186. Like, I'm a, I got a stocky kind of thick build. Yeah, I know. I've seen the highlight. Yeah. So, so I'm. So. Anyway, all right, Jordan, you've been so kind with your time. Thanks, bro. Have a blast. Okay, dude. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir.
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.